The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. We'll begin here, verse 1 of Acts 10. It says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. We've got a, we've got a Gentile here. Somebody who is not a Jew. Right. He is somebody who is uh, obviously a child of God, though. He is worshiping the Lord. He is very devout. He's given to the poor. And can you imagine? I know sometimes I, I feel like my prayers barely get past the ceiling. <laughs> but can you imagine if the Lord sent an angel to you just to remind you, just to encourage you, you know, Brother John Morgan, your prayers are coming before the Lord. He hears them. That's what, that's what happens here. And then the angel uh, says this, And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Now, now notice this. My, my study Bible has notes in it about uh, this, this Gentile man being uh, saved, that Peter comes and saves him. Uh, and... and you know, we, we are big on this as primitive Baptists. What is he saved from? Right. This is a child of God. He is already worshiping God. Amen. He is already born again. The Lord has already blessed him. Right. What is this about? This is about him hearing the gospel yes. so that he knows what it's all about. Right? Amen. He has a burning in his heart for the Lord. Now the Lord is going to give him some encouragement. So he can channel that zeal that the Lord has given him. That's why we're here today. Right. We're not here today to earn our way into heaven. Amen. Praise God. He did that for us on the cross. Amen. We are here today to worship him, to thank him for what he's done for us, but also to, to know how we can serve him better. Amen. To know what that burning in your heart is. And so he says, Go send men to Joppa to call for, for Peter to come. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his uh, household servants and a devout soldier, uh, and them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. So the Lord is working on this end. And he says, Send men to, to Peter. Call him to you. And then on the other end, the Lord's working on Peter. That's thankfully... Right. Thankfully, because what, what would Peter have done if these Gentile servants came to him? Now, Peter obviously is a very, we read it in the Scriptures, he's a very devout servant of the Lord. He's very good. He's very uh, zealous. But we see in Scripture he, he's a little bit elitist a little right. sometimes. He is um, opposed at times to preaching to the Gentiles. So what the Lord does as He comes to Peter. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter went up 
upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Notice this. This happened several times in, in the Lord's ministry publicly um, where people would say, Well, you know, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm a Jew. I will not touch an unclean thing. Here is the Lord Himself, and He's telling Peter to come and kill and eat. Of these, of these animals in this, in this sheep that's coming down. And Peter then rebukes the Lord. He says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm better than that. I, I have never eaten something that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Amen. And, and, and this happens three times. He says this to Peter three times. Now, I've seen this on, on uh, T-shirts before. You know, this is a, a lot of hunters say this, you know, kill and eat, you know. And, and I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord opened this up to us. And it's not just the law service anymore because then we wouldn't have uh, bacon. We wouldn't have chicken. We wouldn't have pork chops or pork tenderloin. You know, this is good stuff, right? But, but it's, it's much more than the animals. It's much more than, than clean and unclean animals. This is about clean and unclean people. The Lord says, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. When, when Peter comes out of this trance, the three men are there waiting. The Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. And so he goes and they, and they tell him that they're from Cornelius, this uh, centurion. Uh, verse 24, we'll skip a little bit. It says, And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And this wasn't just Cornelius. Cornelius was so excited about this that he had gathered a, a large group of people together. They were taking this very seriously. And he said to them, Ye know how that is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Amen. And so what does he do? Cornelius tells him about all, all that the Lord was doing for him and, and preparing him for this meeting. And then in verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Amen. See, it's not, about, it's not about your ethnicity. It's not about your skin color. Right. It's not about Jew or Gentile. It's about the heart. Amen. 
the Lord works in the hearts of His people wherever they are. That's right. And so then Peter preaches them the gospel. And it doesn't, it doesn't save them from hell because Jesus did that for them on the cross. Amen. But man, let me tell you, the gospel means everything to me. Amen. It means everything to me. Yes, sir. Because I, I have been there where I have thought, well, I, I committed this sin and I'm praying for forgiveness because I know that if the Lord doesn't forgive me of that, that I'm going to hell. And man, I'm telling you, I've had cold sweats and, and nights of terror in thinking that I have lost my salvation and praying to the Lord. But you know what the gospel comes in and does for me? The gospel tells me that Jesus shed His blood for you, Amen. child of God. That's right. That He loves you. Amen. And that the blood of Jesus, you know, the blood of Jesus is by far the most valuable thing in the universe. Right? right? The blood of God Himself. And He didn't shed that for these beautiful mountains. He didn't shed that for these wonderful creatures that you see on Discovery Channel, know what? He, he shed that blood for me Amen. and for you. Amen. The salvation of His people is a serious thing. Yes. And so I can only imagine what the Lord was doing when He was watching me in those nights of terror as I agonized myself and as I listened to Satan whisper those lies to me about my sins. And the Lord was just sitting there thinking, why are you calling yourself common when I have cleansed you? Amen. So what are the implications of this, of this passage? I've got about six minutes. I'll, I'll wrap it up. He says, God hath cleansed. Who God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. There's several implications I want us to get from this. One is that God's people are a peculiar people. Amen. We see that in, in the Scriptures. It talks about that. And, yeah. and in, in a way, he's saying God's people are strange. They're different. And, and we don't have to try to be different. We're just different in our nature than, than, than the people out in the world, right? But it's not, just, it's not just that we're different or that we're strange, not in a weird way, right. but we are different to God. When He looks at us, He sees a people that He loves, that He has chosen and, and called out to be different from the world. To be a peculiar people is, is God's love on a very special people. I'm not talking about uh, only the primitive Baptist. You know, some, some orders believe that they are the only ones that are, that are the select of God. I'm talking about God's people wherever they are. Amen, brother. <clears throat> Black, white, no matter your color, no matter what country you live in, God has a people. Amen. And they are special to Him. So special that He shed His blood for them. Now, I want you to remember this the next time that you have a conflict with one another. Next time that you're aggravated or I'm aggravated with you or you're aggravated with me, remember this, that we have been bought by the blood of Christ. Amen. That that person that you may be agitated with, that person was cleansed by Jesus Himself. Right. Now, if, if, if Jesus, who is the standard of perfection, can forgive that person, Amen. maybe I can. Amen. Maybe I can at least try 
And we've seen that uh, recently and many things, like as Brother Chris was talking about, that we have addressed as a church. We have lived that out. Yeah. And, and it, it gets to me. I can't help but, uh, but get emotional Amen. watching your love. The other thing I want to talk about, the implication of this passage, is the salvation of God's people. Look, it is, it is not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. The salvation of God's people is of God. Amen. Think about in the, in the early church, there were those uh, Judaizing uh, Christians. And they said, well, it's, it's great that Jesus died for you and shed His blood, but you've also got to do all these other things in order uh, to be saved. What about in the, uh, in the dark ages? Meredith and I were watching a movie. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I was watching the movie and Meredith fell asleep. But it was, it was about the Crusades and the dark ages, middle, middle ages, you know. And one of the reasons that when, I, when I've studied through that in history, it feels dark. Yeah. Is because it was a time in which uh, at least a portion of the church had gone off into all kind of crazy error. Right. And, and the priests were given all this authority that they never had. Amen. And, and they, were, they were abusing their power and the fact that other people couldn't read the Scriptures and they were saying, you know, you commit a sin, you've got to come to me and pay me money and then I'll ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin. And think about the bondage that they were under as a little, a little sheep out there. You were under the bondage of that priest making you stay under bondage. Just like I think about the news media now, how they are, they are putting us in bondage and fear right. constantly. And they stand, to, they stand to gain from that. But what about today? What about today? There are so many people out there that tell you that you have got to, you've got to have your good works outweigh your bad works. You've got to pray this certain prayer. You've got to do everything uh, right, you've got to be baptized. All these things that have got to fall in place, or you're gonna you're gonna not be saved. You're gonna go to hell. What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Amen. God has saved His people. When Jesus died on the cross and He said, "It is finished," Amen. do you believe that it was finished, Amen. or do you believe that it was still left up to you? And that the Lord is sitting there in heaven just, just waiting on you to mess up. Mm. Right? That is not our God. Amen. That's, that is the God that, that Satan would have you to believe. Right. Why? Because it, it puts you under bondage and fear. That's right. What about with yourself? You know, it's not just a thing that we have to worry about with exterior sources. What do you tell yourself? What do you tell yourself in those dark nights as I mentioned before? When you were convicted about your sin, are you telling yourself, Lord, I know that that's it. I'm, I'm going to hell now. You've cast me out. Are you allowing Satan, to, to as, as Brother Joe Nettles will say, to steal your cookie? <laughs> are you allowing him to take the joy that the Lord has given you? That's right. Yeah. Because here's a, here's a little secret, guys. Satan knows he can't steal you out of the hand of the Father. He knows he can't steal you out of heaven. 
But he can make hell out of your life now. That's right. He can make shipwreck out, out of your life out of fear and bondage. Yes. Don't you buy those lies. Amen. Jesus Christ purged you of your sins. Amen. You are clean. And last thing, because my time is up. Last thing about this little gathering here. And when Cornelius was moved of the Lord, and when, and when the Lord sent that angel to him to tell him to call Peter, Cornelius took this very seriously. He went out and he gathered as many people as he could have to be there, his kinsmen. He wanted there to be a packed house. Because he knew that the Lord was going to bless. I would ask you, child of God, when you come here to the house of the Lord to worship, are you taking it seriously? That has been something that has convicted me more than anything else in, in the past weeks. Am I taking the worship of the Lord seriously? Is it, is it just another box to check off in my week to come here and to worship? It shouldn't be, Amen. but I'm afraid that it has been to me sometimes. That it, it's, a, it's a part of my, daily, my weekly routine and i got to get this over with so that I can go back and focus on, on work or whatever else needs to be done. No, that is not how it needs to be. Right. That the worship of God is something we should take very, very seriously. Amen. And just like Cornelius, we should be uh, so excited and expecting the blessing yes. that we want to have people here with us to see it, Amen. to share with us. There's, there's a lot more that we could get into that topic, but I, I just want you to remember this. Repeat it in your mind. Are you calling something that the Lord has cleansed? Are you calling it common? Mm. You are not a common people. Amen. You are very special to the Lord. I want you to treat yourself as such. Now, I don't, it doesn't mean that you need to build yourself up with pride. Right. Uh, what I'm saying is, remember what the Lord has done for you. Amen. Remember how He has made you special to Him. And also remember how the people sitting beside you are special to the Lord too. Right. And so we should love them. We should love the people that you're sitting beside as somebody special. Because the Lord has called them special. Amen. Hope that's an encouragement to you. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.